I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's Light the Tower. Your daily look around the world of sports. With Hall of Fame broadcaster and voice of the Texas Longhorns, Craig Way. And Horns 24-7 insider, Jeff Howe. On your live, local, and independent home for sports talk in Austin, the Horn. morning and the downhill run begins to the weekend. Hope your morning is going well. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Light the Tower on the Horn. 1049, 1019, AM 1260. We're live local and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. My name is Craig Way. I thank you for joining us. Jeff Howell will be along shortly. Our producer, as always, is Cameron Parker. How's your morning going so far, Cam? Not too bad. Aaron Hogan's wife brought cookies, so Ooh. you know my uh, affinity for cookies from Texas basketball games. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, it, you know, uh, Cam is our on-site engineer for our broadcast of Texas women's basketball games from the Moody Center, and uh, the um, the media meal uh, quite often may be okay. It may be lacking, whatever. It may be good. It may be not good, depending on the day or whatever, or the game or whatever. But one thing that's almost always there is they have these these cookies that are about as big as a truck tire, and uh, and Cam is all about the cookies. And you're not even lying with how big they are. I mean, they're, they're massive. <laughs> they're and they have those, like, cookie cake deals. You've seen those? Those yeah. things are massive as well. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, I don't eat a lot of sweets, but cookies every time I go there. I, I was sure. going to ask you if you, were, if you did like sweets. Is that, is that Are you normally given over to? I usually stay away, but... I can't stay away from UT and Moody's. They're good cookies. And 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 Jeremy Rosenthal, the women's basketball oh, yeah. media relations contact, is also an accomplished. Um, I don't want to say pastry chef, but he's a dessert guy, and 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 an accomplished baker, and brings cookies and cupcakes and uh, you know all, all the little things and and, and he just. Very creative with it. He's pretty good. He's, he's pretty talented on the deal. And who can turn him down, right, when he when he brings them? So, yeah, uh, so Rice crispy Treats last week. Yeah. He had cake balls. Danny Davis usually from the Austin American Statesman will tweet out what Jeremy made. Yeah. And it's so I mean, it's gotten to the point now where people are waiting in the media dining room for Jeremy to bring in his plate of food just as they're waiting for the, the table to be unveiled with all the food for the regular meal. Yeah. You know, he um, – uh, my broadcast partner, uh, Kathy Harston, is uh, she does a, a really good job of, of uh, you know, watching what she eats, and she's she's very careful about things. That, that's on the road as well. Uh, um, she's she's very very particular about her dietary habits. However, we found out the weakness 
It's Rice Krispie Treats because mm. she told Jeremy, just leave the plate here. Now, he couldn't do that. He had to take care of everybody else. But she said, just leave the plate. You know? She also said, where are you going? Yelling yeah, at him yeah, across you, the court. Yeah. <laughs> where are you going? Bring those over here. <laughs> they're, 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 that's true. Um, all right. So there's there's a lot of things to get to on the program. I, I, I want to get to something. Jeff will be here in just a, in just a few moments. And I want to wait till he gets here on this. Uh, because I want to try this again. I want to try again. To see if I can reasonably, not necessarily accurately, but I but I do like to be accurate. I, 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 I want to see if I can reasonably, one more time, explain how the process works for third-tier telecast. And not just Longhorn Network, and not just how it affects the University of Texas. Because, you know, this latest thing that came up with regard to the Iowa State telecast the other night and being on Longhorn Network, and it brought up this, you know, this kerfuffle and uh, the, uh, the, the disparaging comment, so to speak, or, you know, whatever, backhanded comment by Jamie Pollard, the athletic director, you know, at Iowa State. Um, I'm not going to say because he's he's a learned man and he's on a lot of committees, but I, I'm not going to say he doesn't understand the TV contract. I think he does understand it, and I think that's part of the reason why he made the comment that he did. I think he understands it very, very clearly. But a lot of other people do not, and and there are preconceived notions about how this process works, uh, and and I know how this process works. Because I've talked to people. I've talked to people with the Big 12 Conference. I've talked to people at the University of Texas. I've talked to other media people. I've talked to people who are connected with the televising networks on this. So I've talked to people about it and 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 explained it. Somebody on the Specs text line said you should just put the explanation on Twitter and let people read it. Refer to my Twitter account, please. I've explained it all out for you. We've done some similar things in the past, but to be honest, it would take you know, four extended tweets at the very least. In fact, it'd take more than that to explain all of it. And even if we did it that way, there were people people that would just look at it as a morass of words and wouldn't understand it anyway. It's just uh, that that it would wind up being more convoluted than it than it really needs to be. So I'm going to do this here in just a moment um, uh, because my co-host is here in in the building now, and I wanted to wait until he got here. Of course, he is the pride of Northwest Williamson County and a proud graduate of Florence High School. You know him best for his outstanding work at Horns 24-7. That would be Jeff Howe. How did West Bank treat you this morning? Not good, but yeah. it was a good morning, big morning at the on the homestead, Craig. Somebody woke up and had a birthday this morning. Five-year-old. Five-year-old Charlotte Howe this morning. I don't know if you went through this with any of your kids, but the wife and I told her last night we were getting ready to go to bed. We're like, wow, this is your your last day as a four-year-old. And we got tears and tears and tears because she didn't want to grow up and thought like she would grow overnight because she's five years old. And we're like, no, 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 your, your clothes are going to fit the same in the morning. Everything's going to be fine. So... That's I funny. I, I, my parents, <laughs> I never said it quite that way to my kids. My kids were were always, 
you know, ready to go with, hey, I'm ready to move on to the next big thing, you know, the next yeah. time I turn five, you know, that kind of thing. They were all about that sort she of thing. She was all about it this morning. You might, I'll give my daughter props for being simple, you know. We kind of ran into some of it, the typical kid stuff this Christmas with, uh, you know, I want this, this, and this. Right. But, like, last Christmas... All she wanted from Santa was a purple mermaid. And that was it. We're like, that's, that's all you want? She's like, yep, I just want a purple mermaid. Okay, purple mermaid it is. This year it was one thing for the birthday. Yeah? And she got it this morning. What was it? A pair of roller skates. Nice. I feel like my daughter's kind of an old soul like that. Like, I don't know if kids are really asking for roller skates. Get the knee pads days. for uh, The wife's a little perturbed because the Amazon delivery didn't come on time. Hopefully it's in today. And we can ride a little bit after school, you know, get on the skates a little bit after yeah. school. So, because you want knee pads, elbow pads. She's already got the so, helmet because so, she has a bike helmet. helmet yeah, so. good. Yeah, good. Okay. Um, all right. So I'm glad you're here. I, I, I want to get uh, again. I, I I said this probably as you were coming up the stairs. I want to try this one more time uh, to try to get into this third tier TV thing a little bit. Oh my gosh! Uh, because it's just it, it's you know it continues to uh, rear its ugly head. And you know what? It's going to do this all the way to the last day when Texas and Oklahoma are in the Big 12 Conference and leave. I feel it's the, going to. I feel the same way about explaining third-tier broadcast rights as I do uh, going through Anthony Richardson draft evaluations. They're, <laughs> they're both going to be the death of me. <laughs> well, I want to... The bane of my existence. I want to start this off by this comment that I think a lot of folks have heard and or seen on Twitter... Uh, by now. This was from uh, Jamie Pollard, uh, the athletic director at Iowa State. He was doing an interview with David Smoke mm-hmm. uh, up, uh, up in Waco on because uh, David's on uh, Sikkim365.com. And I've, I've been on I've been on yeah. Smokey's show yeah. plenty of times. Yeah. And you, you've been on uh, with our good friend Tom Barfield. Was on with uh, Tom Barfield yesterday, as a matter of fact, yesterday morning. Tom, who also helps us out uh, and uh, fills in on some Longhorn baseball broadcasts. He'll do, he, he and I work together on the uh, Tuesday night game against, uh, or Tuesday afternoon to evening game against AM Corpus. And he'll be on the Saturday broadcast, Texas against Indiana, with Nathan Thornhill. Um, so uh, that, that'll that be on Saturday. And, but, and the wife and I enjoyed sitting with uh, Tom and his wife and John yeah. and Danny and his wife at your wedding. Yeah, Tom and Dee Dee. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, that was great. I, I think about that from time to time, Jeff. The tables. Linda brought that up to my attention. She said, <laughs> think about the tables. How much fun would it have been if we weren't getting married just to hang out at the tables yeah. with people? And see, that's one thing you miss out on the wedding. Now, the wedding is the wedding is the wedding, you know, and you do all that sort of stuff. But it's like, think about the stuff that you miss out on. I missed out on uh, that table, uh, you know, with you and Tamara and, and Charlotte and and, and uh, John and Nancy Madani and uh and then tom and Dee barfield so had that so that was, that was a heck of a table there. it was hard to miss the uh the pickle hardigan table because there was a, a lot of rowdiness emanating from that yeah portion so of the, yeah of yeah the yeah aaron hardigan and 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 ashley pickle uh were at that that, that table over there and that was that was pretty rowdy <laughs> then you had the the table the uh uh, and I won't say the austere table because they all laugh about it. But talk about that it. It had, uh, you know, Roger and Tammy Wallace, yeah. and you had Terry Kelly there from our network, and you had Aaron McMahon, and you had uh, you had uh, Kathy Harston. Mm-hmm. So you had you had that table going on. Had the table with my immediate family of brothers sitting at table that was right. over toward the corner right. there. You had that one real interesting table, real interesting table because it had it had uh, you start with. 
the proprietor of this this fine establishment, Jason Nasour and his wife Kelly. So you had them, mm-hmm. and then you had Dave Garrett, who is uh, you know my uh, my broadcast engineer. You had Brian Haney, the play by play voice of the Kansas Jayhawks. Yep. You had Dave Woloshin and his wife Gail, the play by play voice of the Memphis Tigers. I mean, that was a real interesting table. I I didn't. I wasn't aware until you mentioned it to me later that David Garrett had a table because once it was electric slide time, it was... He, it was, he took over the dance floor. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that was his moment. Uh, so anyway, it was that, that sort of thing. But, um, and it was fun. And I'm glad to hear, I'm glad to hear that uh, everybody had a good time with that. Now, uh, I mentioned that you know Tom helps us out on some broadcasts, but he works out of uh, Waco, out of... Uh, uh, he's the program director at, at Baylor's flagship station. He doesn't do any of the Baylor athletics, but he's he's the program director at that station. Uh, and uh, and then David Smoke, who is at Sikkim365.com, had an interview with Jamie Pollard, the athletic director at Iowa State. And it got to one specific thing, and this was about the fact that the game on Tuesday night between Texas and Iowa State was on Longhorn Network. Now, Again, I will explain all of that here in just a moment. But here was the comment when David was asking Jamie Pollard about the fact that the game itself was on LHN. Jamie, what is the reaction, if you don't mind, when your games that you have are, it's in Austin, but they're on the Longhorn Network? Is that kind of annoying or just kind of the way the schedule plays out? Can't leave soon enough. Oh my oh. lord! I, I I didn't know how you're going to react that to that one. Question? Yes. Yeah. Does that answer the question? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. So there it is. Can't leave soon enough. And, and of course, he's referring to Texas. Like, Hardy, can't leave har, soon har. Yeah. Okay. Um, the thing is, this is that uh, Jamie Pollard, the athletic director at Iowa State, he knows the drill. He knows how this whole thing works. Yeah. Now, it doesn't mean he has to be happy about it or anything like that. Well, that's, and, that's all well and good. And Gen Pop. Most of Gen Pop doesn't know any better, so he can get the the laughs and the right, the, the right. attaboys and stuff. You're right. So, let me go through this again, and I'll. I know Jeff would want me to really cut this down. Brevity is the soul of wit. So, Cameron, uh, make sure we got a time marker on this so we can refer to it later uh, when this uh, goes up on the uh, podcast page. Uh, the Big Twelve conferences, TV partners. Uh, in in uh, football, we know ESPN and Fox, and they have those, and the ESPN family, which includes ABC, obviously. In basketball, and uh, and it really almost doesn't apply in baseball. There are very few selections made in baseball. I think Texas has two of its games on ESPNU this series in Fort Worth. Right. Uh, but this primarily applies to basketball. This goes back to that deal rolled back a few years ago when – the Big 12 announced as its third-tier uh, partner they were going to go the streaming route and go Big 12 now on ESPN+. Plus. That's how it's packaged. That's how it's delivered. Mm-hmm. It's basically everybody's third-tier institutional network. Including Oklahoma now because their deal with Fox ended. Yes. So the Longhorn's third-tier deals we know, was with Longhorn Network. Longhorn Network uh, – for Texas fans, not everybody, I realize that. Some are in some markets where you don't get it, you don't have access to it, the cable or satellite provider, whatever, doesn't have it. I know it's obviously available on DirecTV, and it's available on most cable markets in the like state I said, of Texas. I have Spectrum, so I have it. Yeah, most television markets, it's on Grande, it's on a lot of those. Took a while to get to that point, mm-hmm. but it did. And uh, 
And so for the footprint of Longhorn Network, the state of Texas and some of the surrounding area, that's what matters most to them. They are the third-tier network for that. Uh, it's not available on most cable systems in the state of Iowa. It is not. Uh, it is on DirecTV. Anybody in the state of Iowa's DirecTV can watch it uh, if they have that sports package or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's not It's not available like on uh, a lot of the cable systems up there. Uh, to compensate for this in football, and we'll remember a few years ago <clears throat> the way this thing rolled out with Longhorn Network, <clears throat> they would have – they would televise a non-conference game, which they still do. Mm-hmm. Um and then they would usually get one conference game. And the one conference game, you can take it to the bank. It was either Iowa State or Kansas. Yep. It was whichever team was coming down. And the reason for that is to put it in its most plain and simple terms, it was getting passed over by ESPN. They weren't that interested in that game. Right. Largely because of the competitive situation with Iowa State and Kansas. Now Texas has had its own issues with competitive and some things, but that was that's the absolute blunt truth of the matter. I will say this on the Kansas side, I do know that there are quite a few areas uh, in Lawrence, the Lawrence, Kansas City metro area that have, uh, I guess, whatever AT and T's cable services, AT and T Sportsnet that that. That that Longhorn Network comes with whatever pa- base package they get, so yeah. I haven't heard complaints from the Kansas side because right. it's available to most and, KU fans. And it wasn't for a while. And the same thing also. Uh, not only was it not available for a while, it um, it was also <clears throat> not available as I mentioned throughout a lot of Iowa. Right. So um, so anyway. Um, the the what what they used to do with football was when Kansas or Iowa State would come in the agreement that they had was they would provide a separate clean broadcast feed back to Iowa to where their own announcers whether they traveled them down or whether they they did it remotely and um, and and I've seen it on both ways you bring them down put them in a separate booth and things like that would call their own call of that clean feed going back and not take the network broadcast because it was from the quote-unquote Texas perspective, you know. So they would do that football. That was not provided for basketball. And the reason for that, A, production costs being what they are, but also they have their own third-tier telecast. And for several years before that Big 12 Now ESPN Plus agreement came up, everybody had their own local third tier. There was a time, Jeff, I don't know if you remember this, and it's not that long ago, when Oklahoma State or Kansas State, those two specifically come to mind, would come in to the Irwin Center for a basketball game. And it was a third tier telecast. Mm -hmm. And they would get to bring their TV crew in, their announced crew, and they would have their separate feed going back out of that. Because I think they had – I know K-State had a digital network at one point, yeah, like yeah. K-State TV or yeah, something K-State like that. Yeah, TV uh, or whatever it was. Yeah. And they still have that, uh, okay. but mainly it's for their pre- and post-game shows and things right. like that. Okay. So, so the, anyway, they, they this is the way the third-tier networks were set up. Now, add to that 
in the recent years is the fact that ESPN, before the season began or very early on, would go in and select the games they want to select for ESPN, ESPN2, ESPNU, even the rare one on ESPN News, although they normally reserve that for an overflow. Mm-hmm. They'll start a game on that that's supposed to start if, if one game's running long that's scheduled to be the next telecast. So you would have that. <clears throat> SEC Network comes along, and they have an SEC Plus, an SEC ne- ACC Network, same thing. But for Big 12, which did not have its own separate, standalone ACC Network, SEC Network, it wasn't like that. And don't confuse the old Phillips 66 Big 12 syndicated <laughs> basketball network because that that wasn't that that's not the same thing. So they would go in and they would select the games they want. Once the ESPN family selects the games they want, then it goes back to the to the institutional third tier networks and they could pick three games. So they pick three games that were not initially selected by. Them. Then ESPN goes back through uh, later in the season and decides, you know what, we're going to do this or we're going to do that. That's what happened with the Oklahoma game where uh, it was not picked up. And then if it goes back afterwards, it goes to ESPN+. Plus. That's why the Oklahoma game was an ESPN Plus telecast, which, by the way, upset a lot of Longhorn fans who said, you know, I have a subscription that gets me Longhorn Network. This is a home game. It was yeah. not selected by uh, – ESPN to be on one of their big three. Why am I having to pay separate for this? It's a valid question. Just as it was a valid question as to this Iowa State telecast that was on Longhorn Network. And, you know, it's because it wasn't initially selected. And your three LHN conference games this year have been Kansas State, Oklahoma State, and Mm -hmm. Iowa State. That's it. They're allowed to pick three. And then anything that isn't selected goes to the ESPN Plus package. Yep. So that's that's why it's like that. But people get all you know worked up and bunged up, and they think the individual schools are doing this and maneuvering that. No, it's all the television agreements from the networks, and it's also the television agreement uh, with the conference. It's those two. And I will also tell you this. The Big 12 does not want you to know all that. Right. It's not a big industrial secret, but they don't really want you to know that because it doesn't make them look good because this package is a weak package the way it's done. So they would rather it not actually turn out like that. It's part of the reason why Texas is going to the SEC where everything is in order. So for Jamie Pollard to say, you know, whatever, can't can't, can't have, leave soon enough. Can't leave soon enough. A lot of people in Texas feel the exact same way. And by the way, for an athletic director to be saying that, who is on the NCAA basketball tournament selection committee, I don't think that's real cool either. But that that dude's on the NCAA uh, basketball committee. You know, I and I, I guess if you're a fan of the, you know, the hateful eight or whatever they're calling themselves at this point. Take this however you want, but the only reason you've still got viability as a Power 5 league is because Texas and Oklahoma decided not to go to the Pac-12. They could have blown this thing up a decade ago Mm -hmm. if they wanted to. Mm -hmm. But the powers that be at both schools wanted to keep the Big 12 together. Yeah. And they decided on this this television rights agreement, which now 
I think the powers that be at those schools probably a little bit regret signing because of the exit fees that they're going to have to pay to get out of the league. But, you know, yeah, you can say, well, Texas has been the big bad bully. Well, you know, maybe it's time you guys start standing up for yourselves. You know, nobody stood up and carried the flag for the Big 12 when this thing was about to crumble. You let Texas and Oklahoma carry your water. You've been sucking off the teat for ever since this conference formed, whether it was back in the Big 8, you were doing it to Nebraska and Colorado and Oklahoma. Now in the Big 12, you did it to Nebraska and Texas. Nebraska left. And by the way, you can blame the Longhorn Network if you want. Nebraska was looking for a reason to leave. The Longhorn Network just happened to be the one that was relevant right in front of their face. So you can blame LHN, you can blame Texas all you want, but the fact of the matter is, starting in 2024, you'll have to stand on your own two feet. And if this league sinks or swims, you'll have nobody to credit or blame except yourselves you know um the 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 thing is here's the other irony for for several years uh jamie pollard the athletic director at iowa state was firmly in lockstep and entrenched with texas on on understanding the way things were and voting the way that texas would vote on a lot of those including the Longhorn Network thing for an institutional network, uh, including several of the other things. I, I know that for a fact that he was he was in line with it. I think now that you know the word is out and and uh, the exit strategy is underway, some of these ads are going to be a little more free yeah. to speak freely it. about it and go. And that's that's all well and good. The other thing that I'll never understand is that anybody that has a problem. And look, I've I've voiced my opinions with Longhorn Network. I think there's been some great people that have worked there and still work there, but I've voiced my displeasure with certain aspects of LHN. But the biggest thing is, why did Texas need to do it? They didn't need to do it. They were selfish. When ESPN came to the Lost Dodds and Chris Plonsky with that contract, what were they supposed to say? No, nah, we, we don't want to seem like big bullies. We're not going to take your $300 million. We're We're cool. We're, we're good. We're going to sit back. And, and, and this, this has been made public back a long time ago, this was originally floated as a Lone Star Network idea, and Texas A&M said, no, thank you. Yeah. So then when all $300 million was going to land at the doorstep of Texas, they're like, okay, who among you out there, the, the athletic directors and, and school presidents, would not say yes to that? Now, you know, um, whether you're, you know, whether, whether you feel like that was still not healthy for the conference or whatever, that's up to you. The conference was already in bad shape. This thing's been held together by, you know, duct tape and bailing wire since twenty ten. Let's be honest, it has. So And the only reason it has again, the only reason it hasn't crumbled is because Texas and Oklahoma decided, nah, you know what, this league is worth saving. We'll we'll hang out for a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Um so, oh, here's somebody with an 806 area code. We know what that means, South Plains. Hey, Jeff, say hi to Chris Beard with your anger management class. I don't, first of all, I, don't, I didn't get the feeling you were angry. There's a difference between angry and vocally voicing your opinion about it. That's what we have the, the, uh, the show for is uh, somebody else said, Jeff, that's what I like about you. You don't mince words. Uh, somebody else said, great rant, Jeff. You need to finish with a Ric Flair. Woo! <laughs> uh, no, it's just, yeah. Like I said, people can take that however they want. I'm I'm sick and tired of hearing about, oh, it's the Longhorn Network's fault, it's Texas's fault, whatever. Fine. Go go stand on your own two feet in your own conference and sink or swim on your own if you're that if you're that pissed off and fed up with Texas and Oklahoma. Yeah. So it's uh 
It's all it's all uh, part of the deal. So anyway, I've, I wanted to try to explain it one more time, with the way that the third tier network works. And for that business about um, the the third tier announcers, whatever, being the Homer announcer, that's like that at every institution. I watched two when I got home from Vic Schaefer show last night. I watched the endings of two. Big 12 women's basketball games that were third-tier Big 12 now ESPN Plus. One was Oklahoma State, which had Mike Wolf and Brendan Manzer on it. That's clearly coming from the Oklahoma State perspective. Yeah, And the other was Texas Tech, double overtime win. Uh, they've had a triple overtime loss to Oklahoma State and a double overtime win over West Virginia. The Lady Raiders have been playing some basketball lately, uh, some extensive minutes. Uh, and it was their third-tier telecast. Ron Thulem was the play-by-play where he does their third-tier. So that's just that's the way that works. Yeah. We the third tier is going to use those institutional network selected announcers. And and the line gets blurred I think for some people because those are streaming platforms. Texas has the traditional broadcast network, but I've heard I've heard Lowell do play-by-play for other games. He did XFL the other day. Uh, I've, I've seen Lance Blanks did color for the Texas OU game in Norman. Yeah. Yeah. So they're, they're ESPN employees. And, and ESPN, by the way, um, very um, staunchly protects its pl- employees, whether they are also institutional third network announcers or not. They put them all under the same fold. So that's well, Ned, Craig. Don't don't let facts get in the way of bitterness and jealousy. All right, just just trying again to explain it. Just trying again to explain it, and that's just how you know that's how that is. Um, so anyway, and I'll say this too in in closing on my thoughts on the Big Twelve. I I wanted the Big Twelve to work as a conference with Texas because I, me, like a lot of other people, I grew up in the dying days of the Southwest Conference. Mm. I love the Southwest Conference. I wish the Southwest Conference was still around, yeah. but things change. It's not, and I, I really wish the Big Twelve had worked out because I like the fact. And then this is going into football season. It's I'm a little bit. It's bittersweet because going forward into the SEC, Texas for the first time in school history won't be attached to a conference that's got its roots, that's grounded in the state of Texas. And that's a little bit, you know, again, for me, I look at that, okay, it's a, it's a little bittersweet. But at the end of the day, if it hadn't been for incompetent leadership and indecisive leadership and none of the other, all, all of the other schools kind of just waiting to see what Texas and Oklahoma would do, this would be a stronger league that would have a better foothold in the college landscape. But it's not. And that's why Texas and Oklahoma are leaving. I hope for the sake of the other eight schools that the expansion works out and that Brett Yormark is a forward-thinking AD and that the Big 12 doesn't get absorbed by one of these other power conferences. And I don't think it will. I think the expansion they're doing is is a right and proper thing. The, the biggest problem that, that we've said for years and years, and we it was not an original thought from us or a statement from us or any other program on this radio station, uh, or a lot of other folks, it was an original thought, but the fact remains is the Big 12 Conference, for years, decades, was reactive and not proactive. Yes, 100%. It, 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 and it predated Bob Bowlesby, by the way. Yeah. If, if you ask me, Dan Beebe was a far worse commissioner than, than Bob Bowlesby was. It's, it's not to say Bob Bowlesby was, 
great. Like I always said, it's the desk from which a thousand indecisions were launched. But there's a reason why conference leadership, the athletic directors and presidents basically told BB to hit the bricks. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, it's, like you know that meme where the, the apartment's on fire and the dog's just sitting there drinking coffee? Like, yeah. that's damn people Nebraska and Missouri. Like, hey, we're out of here. Adam's like, we're out of here. Oh, everything's fine. This yeah. is fine. So it, it was always reactive, not proactive. Now that they were forced to try to get proactive in reaction yeah. to Texas and Oklahoma leaving, they got proactive. And I salute them for that. And, and, I, and I hope they do well, and I think they will do well. I think the ones coming in will help. I think they're they're – Viability as a Power Five league will increase, especially if I wind up getting Colorado and the Arizona schools. Yeah, you had those four corner schools. In Utah, yeah, yeah. You know, you'll be fine. But Texas and Oklahoma aren't leaving because oh well, you know they're just they're just do it's a money grab and whatever and, and f those guys. Well, you know, thank Texas and Oklahoma for keeping this thing together long enough for you to hire someone who appears to be a competent forward thinking leader that can lead this conference into the future. Oh, and hopefully a prosperous future. Hopefully it goes well for them. All right, uh, coming up after all of that, we do actually have. <laughs> A Longhorn Notebook. Uh, we we're going to hear from uh, Vic Schaefer, and uh, got a, a, a from the uh, Longhorn uh, Weekly program we did with him out at Pluckers last night. I had a good time at Deanna Gaston out there with us, and also Shay Holly. Uh, so uh, we had a good time. Of course, tonight uh, is Longhorn Weekly with Rodney Terry from Pluckers, the West Campus location. Jeff Howe, our guest tonight is Brock Cunningham. The mayor. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, uh, and, and like Brock, his fellow Westlake alumnus, uh, Shay Holly, is going to be playing next year as a graduate student. You going to wear jorts for the <laughs> broadcast tonight? Uh, you know, that, it wouldn't be a bad idea, but I probably won't. Um, Do I, don't own, own a, I don't own a pair. I don't own jorts. I had one pair one time years ago when it was okay to have them. I bet you covered a Cowboys training cap at St. Ed's wearing a pair of jorts. Probably did. <laughs> <laughs> Probably did. And uh, uh, by the way, Shea Holly's graduating from the Macomb School of Business in three years. Man, that's impressive. Yeah, how about that in finance? And then she's gonna she's gonna be playing next year as a senior as a as a not as a senior. Yeah, I guess in eligibility she she'll be a grad student. So like like Brock is, and Brock got one more year as we know. Yep, a sixth year. Um, so we'll talk about that tonight on Longhorn Weekly. But uh, we'll have our Longhorn Notebook. When we come back here on Light the Tower on the Horn, 1049, 1019, AM twelve sixty, we're live, local, and digital. On the Horn app and at hornfm.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Craig Webb and Jeff Howe light the tower. I think about you. I think about love. Darling, I don't live without you and your love. Oh, yeah, we're just feeling the love this morning, you know, <clears throat> with regard to this whole 
deal with third-tier television. Ice Cream Maine says, y'all are nicer than I am after hearing these schools whine and cry now, saying we'll be better off without Texas and OU. I hope this conference rots. I don't want it to rot. I, want, I really don't. I want it to do well because it'll be good for college athletics. Uh, somebody else said, Jeff isn't angry. He's passionate. <laughs> yeah. Slightly perturbed. Annoyed would be a better way to describe. Yeah. Uh, feel about the whole deal. Um, somebody else said, Jeff is spitting facts. They're going to have a great time being a group of five. I think they'll, they'll be okay as a power five. I do. And here's why I want the, the main reason why I want the Big 12 to succeed is because, again, just going back to what I valued as a sports fan growing up, the roots of the Big 12 still trace back to the Southwest Conference. So anything to keep that league, at least the the lineage of that league alive, is mm-hmm. is good in my book. I agree uh, with you on that. Um, all right, uh, let's uh, get to our first hour Longhorn Notebook. Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. It's a Longhorn Notebook that is brought to you by Aaron Bowersock, your home loan expert, your Longhorn lender. Uh, see if she can do for you what she did for Linda and me, and that was to get that home loan approval turned around in a snap. Uh, check her out on the web at bowersockteam.com. That's B-O-W-E-R-S-O-C-K, bowersockteam.com. Um, this is technically my notebook, but it'll yep. be a more, it's more like a Vic Schaefer edition of the notebook. Okay, all right. Well, uh, just as it's an important game, for the Longhorn men in Waco on Saturday against Baylor. So, too, is it for the Texas women. In fact, it's a battle for first place. Texas and Oklahoma are each 12-3 and three in the league. I think Oklahoma State, after the win over Iowa State last night, eliminated the Cyclones from being able to uh, claim at least to share the Big 12 title. It's basically a two-team race, although mathematically Oklahoma State still – has a shot, and they are playing. Uh, they do play OU the last game of the year. But uh, whoever wins this is going to have a stranglehold on at least a share of the conference title. And uh, and and both sides know this, obviously, going in. It's a big game. Texas won by 25 the game at Austin. They held that high-scoring Oklahoma team to just 58 points. But Vic Schaefer is quick to talk about Oklahoma is better than they were back then. He thinks Texas can be as well, even though Leah Moore is out injured and Sonny Morris has been banged up. But last night we had a special edition of Longhorn Weekly with Vic from Pluckers, a women's basketball edition. And he got a question about, you know, what would you do? How, how if you could pick out three things that your team has to do to win this game on Saturday at Oklahoma on Saturday afternoon, what would those three things be if you had to do that? Well, anytime you go on the road, you, you got to play defense, you got to rebound, and you got to have an inside game. And I think those are three, three uh, constants. No matter who you're playing against on the road, um, you, you've got to do those three things. Now, there's, I wish it was that simple. Um, but playing them um, on Saturday is going to entail um, uh, quite a bit more. But, you know, we had, we've, we've had a couple of good days. Um, we'll have two more before we go up there. Um, won't get to go in there and shoot on Friday. And obviously with a 1 o'clock game, shoot around on Saturday morning is really early. But our kids are going to want to get in there, and I'm going to want to get in there. So... 
as part of life on the road. Yeah, and you believe in that, too, for folks to say, I mean, early could be 6.30, 7 a.m., something like that, but your team is in for that. Yeah, they're, they know if we don't, it ain't pretty. And so um, I think shoot around 7 to 8 on uh, Saturday morning, and uh, we'll get up there in plenty of time on Friday, get there early Friday afternoon and um, be able to kind of, uh, prepare ourselves for that and get to bed early so that we can get up early. Yeah, it, it's a difference in philosophy with a lot of coaches because if you've got an early tip and it's 1 o'clock in the afternoon on Saturday, some coaches would say, let's let's get our work in the night before and then we don't have to worry about getting them out of bed early and, and get them to. But I think a large measure of that has to do with the fact if you can get in the actual arena yeah. with the actual rims and shoot the night before. And that's not available. I think there's, it's either gymnastics or wrestling going on in Norman on Friday night, tomorrow night. Always makes me think of that line from Breakfast Club, when it is where, you know, where, who is it that says, uh, it's Emilio Estevez says, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna blow my ride because I'm not gonna miss my meat because of you. And, yeah. And and uh, John Nelson goes, oh, wouldn't it be a bite missing a whole wrestling meet? I don't know if it's I don't know if it's wrestling or it's gymnastics, but in any event, there's an event in there tomorrow night. So they, something happened. So they don't have access to the arena tomorrow night. Uh, you know, they'll get up there in the afternoon, but they don't. By the time they get off the plane and get down there, it's it's too late for that, and the arena's set up anyway for the way it is for for. Um, you know, either wrestling or gymnastics. There's mats yeah. on the floor. There's not basketball goals. Yeah, you know, you know, baseball doesn't really deal with that. Softball doesn't really deal with that. Football, sometimes if you've got an early kickoff, some coaches will decide, hey, we'll go, you know, do a little walkthrough at the stadium mm-hmm. the day before if you can get up there early enough. Some coaches might decide, look, we want to – again, it's coaches' preference, right? You might do your walkthrough stuff in your own stadium and just say, yep. okay, once we're done here, now we get on the plane, get up there dinner bed and then get up for the game the next morning. Yeah, and and a lot of coach have, coaches have decided they, they're not into walkthroughs anyway. Sark's not into walkthroughs. Yeah. That, I mean, I've seen walkthroughs with my own eyes. You know what it is? It's guys in T-shirts and shorts. And they walk, or they might not even have gone to the hotel. They might just be walking in their coat and tie, you know, their travel attire, walking yeah. around on the thing. But, but a lot of times it's in T-shirts and shorts walking around out there, it's what you know, kind of like uh, the way that Rod Babers describes the combine underwear Olympics. You I've know, heard that, of deals too. Of... Like I know there's that scene in the program, but I've heard of deals too where like guys will be they'll find a, a if your hotel has a big enough ballroom, yeah, your walk yeah. your walkthrough might be in the ballroom the night before the game. Oh, listen, that that happens that happens quite a bit with. Yeah. Uh, I, I mentioned the deal with Texas basketball where they have like. It's not a full ballroom, but it's a meeting room where they'll have their meals. Mm-hmm. But listen, the 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 managers in the GAs, they take a portable basketball goal with them, which and then they tape down uh, an actual key, a lane, and a top of the key, and they'll do walkthrough on that. And in football, with ballrooms, I remember that quite often with Texas teams that were coached by Mac Brown. They have, they would have. I remember a. Uh, a walkthrough in the ballroom at the Marriott on Northwest Expressway in Oklahoma City before they were going to take off the next day to go to or the, later that day to go to Stillwater. Mm-hmm. So it does happen uh, that way. But um, if you, you that's different than shooting at rims, obviously, and uh, they don't have access to the arena uh, the night before. So now I will also tell you this: 
Vic favors a day of game shoot around. He says his team does too. He goes, it ain't pretty. He says if they don't get in there and get some shots up in the morning, but it's especially important when you can't even get in there the night before. So they're, they're going to shoot around at 7 o'clock in the morning on Saturday morning. Well, not kegs and eggs, but hoops and eggs. I told Roger, I told Roger Wallace, I said, dude, if you're going over there with shoot around to set up the equipment, going to be early. <laughs> but he may not do that because it's nothing that it happens in Oklahoma. It doesn't happen anywhere else in the Big 12. When they have a meet, a gymnastics meet, or wrestling the night before, and you have a day game, you don't even get your actual internet, uh, Ethernet cables and stuff mm-hmm. until about two hours before. They bring it all down in a box and then and then unload all the stuff. And go, Here you go, and run the cable to you. This is how they roll up there. So that's that's that situation. Hopefully uh, there's some rich OU benefactor that sees the issues with Lloyd Noble Center and can upgrade that thing before too long. It, I I don't know that you can do – you can only put so much lipstick on a pig. And I worked concerts there in the early yeah. 80s when it was nice, and they've done some upgrade stuff, but they're about as far as they can go with it. It's like, like Baylor's moving out of the Farrell Center. I mean, yeah. From John Morris, Baylor, they'll be in there a year from now. They'll be in there, so it's winter of 2024. Yeah, they'll be in the brand-new the arena Center. there. I mean, TCU did upgrades to Schoenmeyer. Yep. uh Texas Tech's got their arena. Yes. Even like Reed Arena over in College Station, Moody Center now. Like it's in this region, Lloyd Noble Center's behind behind there, the times. If you look at every arena in the Big Twelve, Kansas is iconic for what it is with Allen Fieldhouse. Yeah. And and it's just that's the way it is. Now they did a great deal of stuff for the add on stuff from the outside with that athletic hall of fame thing and all that. But the actual basketball uh structure itself It's a cathedral. It is. Uh Oklahoma State, similar. Gallagher-Iba is an old thing. Now, they they did the uh, – sheared off the top and built up from there, although many will tell you the atmosphere isn't quite like it was when the old days when they had 6,381 yeah. was the capacity in that. Uh, Iowa State, Hilton College seems great. Great, great arena. It was built in 1971, but it's – and 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 it's like 11,000, 13,000. 14,000. 14,000. And it's really well kept. Same thing with West Virginia. It's an older building, yeah. uh, old concrete structure, uh, but they they've taken good care of it. Yeah. Uh, so so there's that. Um, uh, you mentioned Baylor's getting the new building, Texas Tech's arena, United Supermarkets Arena is a really nice arena. Uh, Kansas State Ramlage is is a nice arena. The way it's done. So the teams are upgrading, <laughs> either getting new ones or, or upgrading the old. There's one you haven't mentioned yet, Craig, and that would be Oklahoma. Well, like I said, all is, of those are like that. Is. Oklahoma is just kind of aged and not well. So we'll see how that is going forward. I, I, they're going to have to step up a lot of things when they go to the SEC. Yeah. And that's been talked about a lot up north of the Red River. All right, coming up, we have Inconceivable. When we continue to light the Tower on the Horn, 1049, 1019, AM 1260, live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Inconceivable. 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 You keep using the horn. I don't think it means what you think it means. Well, we can start off. Carlos Pena didn't hit a thousand home runs, Craig. Yeah, I don't, don't know if you knew that or not. The, the, the reason what Jeff is referring to is on uh, what is that first take? Well, we got that the screaming, show. screaming people shows doing screaming people show things. Yeah, there's a more height. Is it Victor Wembayana? 
Banyana, uh, Banyama, or Ronnie James? Who is more hype? I don't know, considering like when I heard the comp for Wim Banyama, I was like, well, like, he shoots it like Kevin Durant, but he's about as physical as Giannis. I'm like, well, okay, so basically you're telling me he's the greatest basketball player that ever walked the face of the earth. Then. Okay, just got it. Cool. And then <laughs> the Carlos Pena line, right? Yeah, I heard... <laughs> When I was covering the Express, I heard two scouts arguing at a press box one time, and this guy was really stumping for Carlos Pena. He goes, "This guy's going to hit a th- uh, uh, twice as many home runs as Rafael as Rafael Palmero," and another scout just discussed. He goes, "Really? Carlos Pena is going to hit a thousand home runs in his career?" Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the hyperbole can <laughs> can roll. Listen, um, Carlos Pena didn't quite get to a thousand. This is not hyperbole. This is real. Uh, weather-oriented situation. First of all, I know that you've probably thought this many, many times in your life, but you're glad, be glad you're not on the West Coast this weekend. And and that's because brutal storms with brutal snow. Storms. Is that an official notation in the forecast? Brutal storms? Brutal storms. Brutal winter storms. Expected to deliver snow, blizzard conditions, or icing across parts of the U.S. from California to the northeast uh, later today, part of a multi-day event that has already closed roads and caused numerous power outages to the extent that you could have Southern California and the Los Angeles area getting snow. That Dang. could happen. It could it could drop down that much where you could wind up having that. Uh, search, search and rescue operations were underway last night in several counties across Wyoming to recover motorists that became trapped in heavy snow. Minnesota, 3% Wisconsin, you expect all that. But uh, and an ice storm warning uh, also stre- uh, stretching all across the Midwest. So, yeah. Yeah, CB sent us the uh, tweet this morning. He woke up in the Pacific Northwest to a pretty good uh, blanket of snow. Yeah. There you go. On his abode. Uh, on the other end, yeah, Venice. And I don't mean Venice Beach. I'm talking about Venice, Italy. You, uh, you have any desire to go Hulk to Italy? Hogan's from Venice Beach. Oh, that's that? right. Yeah. You, you have any desire to go to Venice? Travel internationally, no. go to Italy? How about you, Cam? Are you a uh, are you interested yeah, in international go. travel? I, I haven't been to Italy yeah. yet, but I'd love to get out to that area. Yeah. Um, they're running into a different issue now in Venice. They've had weeks of dry winter weather, and it looks like Italy could face another drought after last summer's emergency to the extent that they're expecting the canals to dry up. Yikes. So, you know, the canals with the gondolas and everything like that could wind up uh, drying up. So they're, they're worried about that there. Okay. Um got a couple of flight stories for you. First of all, we got another disruptive passenger. I always love these stories. I know you do. That's why I always bring those up. The uh, So here's, here's the latest disruptive passenger story. This one uh, involves American Airlines and uh, the uh, an American Airlines flight was diverted. It was going from Jacksonville to Washington, D.C., and diverted to Raleigh, to Raleigh Durham International Airport, due to a disruptive passenger. It happened yesterday afternoon, and it was due to what was called a disruptive passenger. 
Upon landing, the plane was directed to gate C-9 where law enforcement boarded the aircraft and took the suspect into custody. So you say, okay, how disruptive was the passenger? Well, uh, the airline said the diversion was due to a security concern involving an unruly customer. Uh, officers can be heard saying the passenger tried to breach the cockpit. Oh! And charged the door. And yeah, being that's a no-no. And had to be restrained by the flight crew and other passengers. The passenger charged to the cockpit door. Spokesman said the passenger did not breach it, but did run at it. The passenger, you ask? A woman having a panic attack. Oh, that's... Oh, man. That's got to be awful. Yeah. She is facing an illegal airport obstruction misdemeanor charge. Um... yeah, I'm guessing they, because of the panic attack situation, yeah. it probably mitigate a light on her. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, uh, by the way, the the airlines are saying they're working on having a second barrier added to the flight deck uh, to make sure that it would be harder for someone to get into the cockpit. So, yeah, it was a just now thought of that, huh? Yep. Okay. Yep. Woman with a panic attack tried to uh, somebody from it. the old Big Twelve running American Airlines. Yeah, uh, who you wonder? Um, <laughs> and then I've got one other flight story for we you. We know Bob Bowlesby's new line of employment. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, this just came out. This incident actually happened almost a year ago. It was at the end of June, but they just this this information just came out. It, it happened in Lancashire, England. A flying instructor was was flying and had his co-pilot with him. The two take off, the pair were chatting, and the pilot taxis the craft out of the runway. And then he said, looks good, nothing behind you. Shortly after takeoff, the instructor kind of reclines his head back. The pilots knew each other very well, so the co-pilot thought, oh, he's pretending to take a nap. You know, he's joking with me on this. So he completes the circuit a yeah, plane turned around, and the dude falls on him. He's dead. They thought that he thought he was joking with him. That he oh, was dude. Turned out he was dead. Yeah, dead. Uh, suffered a cardiac arrest as the aircraft took off. He had been known to suffer from high blood pressure, but with, was within regulatory limits. The report concluded that while on this occasion the co-pilot was qualified and was able to land the plane, the outcome could have been very different. Yeah. yeah. Like the weekend at Bernie's bit is funny yeah. until you need that person to help you land a plane. Yeah. Then it's not not so much funny. Pilot thought the instructor was just joking around with him. No, he was dead. He just fell on him there, you know. So... uh Fortunately, he was able to land it there. So this is one of those scenarios like the the woman who died and they took her in and realized she wasn't quite dead yet? She wasn't quite dead. So this is the inverse of that. This cat is This guy, dead. they thought he was alive. He has expired. But he was dead. Bit the big one. It's a difference. It's rough. Yeah. Second hour, Life of Tower coming up.